Welcome to another powerful word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church in the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Get the word of God out. We're going to be going to the book of John, specifically John chapter 14. Uh, We left off last week in John chapter 14. We got to the first few verses. And... uh, let me, uh, let me just encourage you, if you would, to read and fill in the gaps because there's no way that I can cover every verse in the time that we um, have here before we are guided by God on to a next adventure. There's no way that I can go through every verse adequately in order to ensure that you get a full picture of all that God is saying. But you know, when we come together here, There's always a point that God wants to make, not just a point that is broad and encompassing for our church, but there's a point that God wants to make in your life. There's a point tonight that God wants to make in your life. You see, the message tonight is designed by God to change your life forever. That's right. You know, I am preaching this message. I don't like to date them because the moment you date something, then uh, when people look at it a little bit later, they think it's, oh, it's old, you know? I mean, how many times do you go on YouTube and look for something that's hours old and something, instead of something that's weeks old or months old or years old, you know? But not so with the Word of God because the Word of God does not change. He's the same today as He was yesterday and will be forever. You can read a message, you know, uh, uh, from 1705 and it'd be just as applicable today as it was in that day because God has a point to make with his word and wherever you go in the word of God on your daily Bible reading whatever adventure that you go on with God that includes his word or that involves his spirit he will have a point to make on the trip do you remember he was he 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 was uh, walking along with two men who were on the road to Emmaus they didn't even know it but Jesus showed up there and joined their journey And they listened to him and interacted with him. They didn't even know it was the risen Savior. And there he joined them because he had a point to make. He had a point to make in their lives. And then he wanted them to take how their life was changed, to to take what affected them and to go and tell others. This is the whole point of why we uh, study the Word of God when we come to church. You know, there are different reasons why we attend church. One, of course, is to worship God. One also is to fellowship the saints. But there's also an element of coming together to learn the Word of God together. Okay? Sometimes we come together to serve others. You know, we have people tonight all uh, throughout our facilities here on campus, and uh, they're teaching children and, and, and youth and, you know, preteen and junior high, and they have uh, people in the nursery. We have, you know, uh, often have classes that are ongoing outside of that. There are people who are, you know, greeting people, working the information desk, and, you know, the singers, musicians, and, you know, the uh, coffee bar people, and our security that's roaming around, and all the other aspects of ushers and, and, and all the things it takes to actually make church happen. Some people come in order to serve as well. But still, there's this great element when we come together and we meet with Jesus. There's this opportunity He has to make a point in our life. And tonight, once again, He has a point to make. 
and it is designed, as I said, just for you, and it's designed to change your life forever. I love that. You know, we don't, you know, here at Church on the Rock, you know, we don't just pick up the Reader's Digest and, you know, and, and, and give you a nice little, you know, vignette. This is the Word of the Living God, and tonight... This point is going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk about how to stop the devil in his tracks. Okay? We're going to talk about just how to stop the devil. We're going to, we're going to get good at stopping the devil. Okay? We're going to get better at it, all right? Because that's, that's what Jesus came to do. And, you know, uh, uh, the Word of God tells us that for this reason, the Son of God was made manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil, that he might stop the devil in his tracks, that he might defeat him and make a show of him openly and triumph over him in it, you know? Uh, that's what he hopes that we will do. That's what he wants us to do, is to stop the devil in his tracks. And so, you know, we, we, we are doing a fair job, but there are things that we can do better. And so this evening's going to be just a little different and just a little more direct than normal. But bear in mind now that tonight's message is not a message, uh, you know, about social justice, okay? And there's, there's plenty of room for that. There's plenty of room for social justice messages, okay? However, you know, I'm not tonight trying to get you to become a social activist. But tonight is all about becoming an evangelist. And I'm going to put this on the screen so you can see what I'm talking about here and where we're going. Social activism without Holy Spirit-led evangelism is just loud voices marching in circles, trading places while the world goes to hell. Oh, I just came up with that today. I just, boom, okay. That's, you know, that's a, a, a Pastor Ron original, all right? One of my points to ponder. My newest point to ponder, in fact. It's, that point to ponder uh, is, is, you know, about 4 o'clock, I think. 3.30, 4 o'clock, I think. Uh, uh, that's how I encapsulated the message. I try to boil all the messages down into, you know, you know um, a theme, down to a, to a paragraph, and then down to something that I can say that can encapsulate what God wants to say because if you can't keep it simple, you know, in just one good statement, then, then I may not know my material well enough. But tonight's material is going to point to the reality that social activism without Holy Spirit evangelism is just loud voices marching in circles and trading places while the world goes to hell. You know, and I am all for social justice and social activism. Don't misread me. Okay? But I'm for it for a reason. And if we don't add Jesus in the mix, nothing ever, nothing's ever going to change. We're just going to be trading places. We're just going to be going in circles, swapping roles. We've been doing it now for 6,000 years, just swapping roles around and around and around in circles. Okay? Uh, Ham, Sham, and Japheth, sons of Noah. One of them is the father of the Israelites. One of them is the father you know, of the, of the uh, uh, Hamitic. One is the father of the Japhetic and Semitic, three different groups of people. They have all had their 2,000 years of leading the world okay each people group we've just swapped places and it hadn't gotten any better it doesn't matter whether you're on top or whether you're in the middle or whether you're on the bottom it just doesn't matter unless Jesus Christ is there and you can keep him with you and you can lead others to know him 
So we want to be more than just loud voices going in circles, marching around in circles, just trading places. Amen? Believe me, there are bigger problems at hand than mask mandates. Okay, I'm not talking, we're, we're not getting political, we're not getting, you know, uh, but there are bigger problems than mask mandates. There are bigger problems than forced vaccines. There are bigger problems than infrastructure bills and budgets that may not have much to do with infrastructures. We all face some big problems, by the way, but thanks be to God that we have been given the answers, the only answer. And by the way, uh, we have a mighty God that is able to fix every problem. But there are some bigger problems we have out here than just these things that we have been given to fuss about. Bigger than things we have been, uh, that have been displayed before us, trying to keep us divided and, uh, and, uh, and argue and agitated and irritated uh, while the smoke and mirrors and right hands don't know what the left hands are doing and, and what's going on behind the scenes. Because I tell you, there is a dirty devil out here and he's trying to be his best to destroy planet Earth and destroy the hope of Christ to bring people to hell. And we've got to think a little bigger and get a little bigger and look a little deeper and be a little wiser than just arguing over these things that really in the end may not be the things that need to be addressed. There may be some other things. Not that I'm against anything that is good. I just also want to include what's best. John, the 14th chapter, verse 12, we'll pick up here. Most assuredly, Jesus said, he's speaking to his disciples, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know, it does not offend God when we don't understand him. It does not offend God whenever we have an honest question, a sincere pursuit of what he is saying or of what he's trying to communicate to us. It does not offend God whenever we are seeking to understand him and wanting to know. It doesn't offend God when we do not understand him, but it is offensive to God when we don't believe him. In fact, I submit to you that that may be the biggest offense ever is to not believe God. In fact, the way that my doctrine uh, it, it, it is established in, in my life is that that's the one thing, not believing God is the one thing that will send you to hell. Not believing Him about His Son, Jesus. And it deals with an issue of not believing Him. It's very offensive to God to not be believed. One of the biggest sins, I think, and one of the greatest offenses we can offer to God is to not believe His Word. Now, I don't have to tell you that the world that we are in is horrible and terrible and wicked and evil and depraved and without God. I don't have to tell you that. You know, uh, you, you would have to be, you know, uh, I, I don't know, a time traveler and not of this century. <laughs> To not, you know, to, to not understand that the world is a wicked and evil place and it is without God. And, and also uh, to understand that the world will do everything they can, everything in their power, to justify and to defend their terrible thoughts, their wicked words, and their evil deeds. However, there is no justification 
for the rest of us to ignore or to peacefully coexist with things that we know that the devil is trying to do in the lives of our family and friends, our community and our nation. There is no way that we can justify or defend or peacefully coexist with evil-minded men and women who are directly inspired by Satan and desire nothing more than just to destroy our families, our children, our communities, our churches. Now, as I said, you know, this message tonight is not about social justice. It's not about social activism. You know, it's about evangelism because the way to defeat the devil is going to include Jesus. And he's a loving, kind, wonderful, forgiving Savior. There's only one message of the Bible. But the problem is that people are not sharing that message. Many are afraid they're going to upset their daughter and their daughter is not going to, you know, she's not going to stay home. They're going to upset their neighbor and their neighbor is going to put a fence up. They're somehow going to upset somebody in, 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 in Walmart or, or you, know, going to, going to, you, know, you know, on social media, going to make somebody mad or somebody's going to talk bad about them or, or they're going to lose their job or something else. And all the while we stand around while the world goes to hell and while the devil plays his tricks on us. Let me tell you, sin offends God and it should offend us. Sin should offend us. But the devil is banking on the fact that we won't talk about it. Come on now. The devil is banking on the fact that you will not talk to your co-workers about their sin. <laughs> oh my goodness, I, I am preaching now. Come on now. Listen to me. The devil is banking on the fact that you won't talk to your family about sin. The devil's even banking on the fact that most of us, we're a little intimidated even to talk to God about our sin. Can I hear a glory? This is pretty good stuff. Come on, stay with me. I'm not pointing a finger at you that's not also being pointed at me. Okay? But the devil is banking on the fact that we won't talk about these things, especially in church. Because if we happen to say something in church, we might offend somebody and they might leave and our offerings might go down or they may take three more families with them and find a church where they can you know, have a much better time. Okay, Find a cruise ship instead of a fishing vessel. Oh, come on now. Yeah! Well, it's the truth. The devil imagines that we're too uncomfortable to talk about the truth. He imagines we're too uncomfortable, especially in church, to talk about what's going on in the world. Why? Because we don't want to be divisive. He knows, he knows followers of Christ, believers in Jesus Christ, we don't want to be divisive. We don't, you know, my goodness, the moment you even indicate that you're on one side or another, all of a sudden it looks like, you know, the parting of the Red Sea, man, a great, a great chasm of dry ground, you know, that just appears between the two, and all of a sudden you can't even hold a conversation with people that you go to church with. These things should not be this way. But the devil has set it up that way, and he's banking on it. He is banking on the fact that I will not talk to you about what's going on in the world because he wants to make sure that you stay ignorant or at least have plausible deniability. Woo! 
He believes we're weak, and we, he believes we're out of touch. And guess what? So far, we largely and, and mostly are. However, things are changing. If you all haven't noticed it, God's kind of changing a few things. And uh, so, uh, you know, and, and tonight, at least for those who aren't offended in me and don't, you know, turn me off or get up and walk out, you know, I risk losing people tonight. But I risk bringing people to heaven tonight. And if you are born again and you're on your way to heaven, hey, God bless you, you know. But if you're lost, I think I, think I can reach you. I think I can touch you. I think I can tell you the truth, and I think the truth is what you want to hear in a kind and loving way because the truth is kind the truth is loving the truth is good the truth is you know uh, the, the, the truth is unifying it's the truth that sets us free it's deception that that that, that binds us up and 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 separates us and 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 you know uh, but at any rate uh, you know as i said one of the greatest ways to offend god is not to believe what he says however there are a few other things that offend god as well and uh, uh, that that greatly offend him by the way and since i am i am you know the pastor since i'm the uh, I'm, I'm an ordained servant of god and you know since tonight you're you're you know uh listening to me at least you were listening to me um you know i i have a responsibility uh to to uh, share a few things but aimed at helping us to gain victory over what the devil wants to do you know that is our goal that we gain victory over the devil what he wants to do so so uh, uh you know realizing we need to believe god we need to believe him because one of the things he doesn't you know one of the things that greatly offends him is not to believe in him and and but there are some other things as well that offend him and let's look in matthew chapter 18 where jesus is talking about something else that offends him okay i'm not only going to give you a brief glimpse of a wicked world but i'm also going to tell you how you can stop the devil instead of just ignoring him or, 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 or you know making believe that 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 bad things aren't happening or uh you know or, or gossiping being aware of it and talking about it but not doing anything about it you know uh you know just talking about it isn't going to fix it uh, uh and by the way there are some horrible things going on around the world that that you and i are funding paying for okay Here's a headline from yesterday, August the 3rd, 2021, from the Daily Wire. Okay, dailywire.com. University of Pittsburgh wants to be fetal parts distribution hub, sets racial quotas for harvesting unborn babies. This is just yesterday in the news. Okay. Uh, the University of, of Pittsburgh, uh, earlier on, uh, proposed harvesting the bodies of aborted babies under the guidance of racial quotas. Now, the area that they are harvesting these, these unborn babies is 80% uh, uh, is white, 13% black, and 7% other minority. What they propose is out of the 80% to get 50% of their babies from white families, 50% of their, or 25% of their babies from black families and 25 from other. Do you see the complete idiocy? Even if that were something you wanted to do, you are absolutely depopulating the black and other minority communities. And it's all out in the open, but nobody imagines we're going to talk about it, especially not in church. It's crazy. But listen how they're wanting to harvest this. Through medically necessary or 
through elective abortions. They're wanting to harvest body parts. Now, the University of, 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 of Pittsburgh says that they are the best qualified. They're asking for $3 million, or they did ask for $3 million from the National Institutes of Health. Okay? Um, they feel like they're the best qualified because they have 18 years of experience in already doing this. And using the scalps of babies to graft onto rodents in an experiment to see if there's any immune you know, uh, 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 benefits. Did you know this is going on in the world? Did you know things? Do you know there are people out there? You didn't? Oh, okay. Well, I'm telling you about it right now. It's a nutty place we live. They believe that the best candidates uh, uh, for this, they, they have to harvest these organs and these parts while they are still viable. So they, they, the, the, very best, the very best that they can do is to make sure that the fetus, that their heart's still beating. And this is, this is written down. I mean, this is, okay? That, that the blood is circulating and that so, so they, and, and the heart is beating. They induce labor. They induce the abortion and for harvesting the organs. Uh, here, here's what it says. It means the fetus is being delivered while still alive and the cause of death is the removal of the organs. This gives the highest quality, they said, of biological specimens. As if that was not enough. Here's another example of a world without Christ. And by the way, our goal is to bring Christ to them. Okay? Because let me tell you, a world without Christ is capable of anything. Sin knows no bounds. The devil knows no boundaries. The devil doesn't care about you, your family. The devil doesn't care about your race, your culture, your custom. The devil doesn't care about you know, how, how much money you have or how, uh, how, how, how sick or how depraved the world is. In fact, the worse it is, the more evil and wicked it is, the more he is lapping it up and loving it. Recent, June the 29th, 2021, Washington Post. Here was the article, okay? Yes, kink belongs at Pride, and I want my kids to see it. Now, let me tell you, you know, I don't know how else to tell you. And remember, our goal here is evangelism. And not just to argue, and not just to be a loud voice in marching course, but how do we stop the devil? How do we stop these things? That's what we want to do, because that's what Jesus wants. And together, we can stop these things. Here's a quote from the article, okay? When our children grew tired of marching, uh, this, this uh, lady who wrote this article is, uh, took her children to uh, the, the, uh, the gay pride parade. We plopped onto a nearby curb. Just as we got settled, our elementary schooler pointed in the direction of oncoming floats, raising an eyebrow at a bare-chested man in dark sunglasses whose black suspenders clipped into his leather thong, into a leather thong. The man paused to be spanked playfully by a partner with a flog. 
elementary schools? Her children ask, what are they doing if you were continued to read this article? My curious kid asked, as, as, as our toddler cheered them on. Uh, at that time, she says, my children, you know, they were really too young to understand the nuance. So, uh, but I told them that these folks were members of our community celebrating who they are and what they like to do. She needed to get saved. The devil's trying to destroy the fabric of all that is holy and pure. Another, an associate professor at Yale University echoed uh, this sentiment in his article. Okay, this is what he said uh, uh, connected with this. Uh, the article was, Keep Pride Nude. What is the presumptuous harm if a child sees an adult's butt cheeks or even an adult's genitals or breast? And he tried to, to, to justify this by concluding children might like it. Yale University associate professor. New York Times, Washington Post, Yale faculty, you know, they aren't the only powerful players attempting to normalize such sin, such sin as pedophilia, which is taking a similar route to other things we have seen in our history. To normalize it, look, uh, a lady who is a bi-weekly columnist on sex and relationships, and she writes for GQ in the United Kingdom. She called for the creation of porn for children. We what, what the answer to this is, is we need porn for children, okay? Which she calls entry-level porn. This is her tweet that, that has since been deleted. Uh, someone needs to create porn for children. Hear me out. Young teens are already watching porn, uh, but they're finding hardcore, aggressive videos that give a terrible view of sex. They need entry-level porn, a soft-core site where everyone asks for consent and no one gets choked, etc. Y'all are being quiet. I'm hoping it shocks you. I'm hoping that you know, and these are just mild, small, brief snippets. I don't have to tell you that the world is evil and that Satan is doing everything he can to capture, control, and kill our children, the next generation, torture this world. Sin knows no bounds. Jesus is our only hope, and he has placed his hope in you. Listen. You are the only hope Jesus has. And I don't know how I can get this across to us more plain. We think he is the only help. And yet he has decided we are his only hope. You are his hope. Look what he writes in Matthew, the 18th chapter, verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, 
Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, verse 4, whoever humbles himself as as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 5, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Verse 6, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come. But woe to that man by whom the offense comes. You know, the remedy, if you were to read on in Matthew 18, the remedy comes as Jesus begins to talk about our responsibility for ourselves. This is where the remedy comes. This is where we begin to stop the devil in his tracks. The remedy uh, is for number one, for us to first deal with our own lives, for us to deal with our own families, for us to deal with our own local communities. It It is imperative that we don't expect our government to change this. It is imperative that we not expect some organization to fix this. It's imperative that we not expect our universities to change their course until we, number one, change our course, and until we, number one, win the local battle right here in our community, right here in our world. The remedy begins with us. The deeds we do, the places we go, the things we look at. Verse 10, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that heaven, in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Listen, if angels in heaven pay special attention to the little children, how much more should we? If heaven's attention is drawn to these children, there are so many problems in the world. So many problems. And we can see them from a big picture. From racism to pedophilia to the problems with our government to divisions. We we could name them all day long, but you can't fix them by naming them. You can't fix them by complaining about them. And I've got to tell you again very strongly, we cannot depend. We cannot wait on, but nor can we depend on the government to do one thing about it. They will not. You are God's only hope. Don't think that the, seeing the problem and talking about the problem is going to fix it. We'll just be marching in circles, trading places, sin for sin. So many problems, but problems can only be attacked and defeated at the local level. Listen, we, we can never, never successfully address any problem that we are unwilling to deal with in our own lives. We, we can never successfully defeat any problem that we are unwilling to deal with in our own families. We can never expect our government to tell us the truth when we won't even tell our neighbor the truth. We cannot expect some university to teach our children right from wrong when we won't teach them right from wrong. 
And we cannot be afraid to speak the truth. In our local communities, we must stand up, we must speak out against such wickedness and evil, and there is so much more that I will not have time to tell you about. Neither can we ignore it and expect it to just go away. Or perhaps it won't come to our neighborhood, it won't come to our school. That's not the truth. We cannot afford to allow the devil or his minions to intimidate us into self-censoring the truth. We cannot afford to believe the lies that if we speak the truth to someone, that they're, you know, especially in our family, that all of a sudden we'll be ostracized and they won't ever be around. Listen, what will they do when Christ comes? We cannot choose to avoid conflict and watch our world go to hell on our watch. For the love of Christ, at least speak up. For the love of Christ, at least get a pail and throw a little water on the fire. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm trying to just get a point across. You've got to start thinking about what you can do locally. I'm challenging you. I'm encouraging you. Some of you need to run for city council seats. Some of you need to run for school boards. Some of you need to run to be mayors and county commissioners and judges. Some of you need to volunteer for CASA and work at CASA. Some of you need to be foster parents. Some of you uh, need to to, write columns and run for state office. Some of you need to talk to your neighbor. Some of you need to get yard signs, wear T-shirts, get caps, do something. To speak the truth. Last week I put on a shirt before I left the house that said, Just Jesus. You've seen our Just Jesus shirts? You know, uh, all day long I walked around. You can't imagine how many conversations I had that day with people who are hungry for the truth. God is not looking for more people to sit in silence while they judge others or ignore their own responsibilities. Let me tell you something. Uh, Battles are won on a local level. If I can get something across to you today, two things I would would hope to get get you to realize is that, you know, uh, social activism without Holy Spirit-led evangelism, again, is just marching, you know, loud voices marching in circles, trading places, while the whole world goes to hell. Battles are won on the local level, and that's how we are going to win this war. Jesus said that the work he did, you could do also in greater things than this. You know, I'm going to believe him. I'm going to believe that I can do greater things than Jesus did. I'm going to believe him. I know what that means. That means that if I ask anything in his name, anything according to his will, that he will help me obtain it, receive it, accomplish it that's what he meant that's his word and the point that he wants to make is that you have the power to change things and it's got to start at the local level you do not have a national platform i don't have one i can't make anything happen i know a lot of people i can't make anything happen If I could, things would be better and different. 
but I can take care of myself, my family, my neighborhood, my community. I can begin to grow in ever-increasing concentric circles as I share my influence and use my influence with the people that I know and the people that will listen to me. And not hold back, be kind, be loving, be caring, but be honest. Not be mean and judgmental and critical, but be honest. People don't know the depths that the devil is going to to destroy our nation and destroy the church and destroy this world. They don't know what he's going to, and the devil is banking on you not talking about it. The devil is banking on you not telling your neighbor the truth for all kinds of reasons. I'm not asking you to be a complainer, and I'm not asking you to gossip or to, to only talk about the problem. I don't, don't. Talk about the answer. The answer is Jesus. People need to know Jesus. And I know you may have said Jesus to people until you're blue in the face, but keep on saying it. Keep on. Don't, don't think for one minute that you're not making an impact. You are. You are. Some of you need to consider, as I said, running for public office and broadening your, your sphere of influence. You might say, well, I might not win. Well, you might not. But I bet you get a lot more people to talk to along the way. You'll get some different circles of people to engage in along the way. Your points will be heard. And you may not change everybody's mind, but you may change somebody's mind. And that somebody might be somebody that can change somebody else's mind. Once again, what we've shared tonight is not meant, you know, uh, to be anything other than encouragement to evangelism with the truth. And to realize we have to do it local. We cannot, number two, we cannot wait or depend on the government to do anything. The problems we are facing are bigger than masks, vaccines, and infrastructure bills. We're facing the devil trying to destroy our kids. Divide our families. Ruin the reputation of good people. You want to find something to talk about? talk about Jesus it's bigger than the things the devil's throwing out in front of you like a red flag don't get sidetracked and remember victory begins at home thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.